Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful Parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. And it's not instant gratification. Like I think taking things away and that threat, it feels like you've done something right? Like you've handled it. But in the end, if you're doing that over and over and over again, clearly you're handling nothing. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast episode 185. Today we're talking about how to have more responsible kids with Casey O'Rourke. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Claire Fields, Mindful Mama mentor. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children for a lifetime. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm creator of the Mindful Parenting membership, and I'm the author of the upcoming new book, Raising Good Humans. Oh my God, I have so many amazing things to tell you about this week along with this amazing episode. Ah, I don't know where to start. I am so glad you're here. Welcome, 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 welcome to familiar listeners who've been in this tribe and welcome to you if you are brand new. Special welcome to you. So in just a moment, I am going to be sitting down with Casey Aurority, and she is another podcast host, host of the Joyful Courage podcast and positive discipline trainer, and she supports parents and celebrating the opportunity to grow on the parenting journey and two kids who, with two kids who teach her every day. And we're going to be talking about what happens, you know, 
when a parenting coach of teens looks back on her early years. So how, what, what would you change, et cetera? And how do we create responsible kids? And you'll, you'll hear her, Casey, share her early parenting regrets and her real world wisdom about how to handle our relationships with children at every age. So I want you to listen for how positive parenting is not an instant gratification journey. It really is about relationships in the long haul. And rather than control or letting go, we should really be giving responsibility to our kids. And we want to also think about this idea and listen for this idea that privilege without responsibility is entitlement. So a lot of really meaty stuff for you to mull over in this episode. Absolutely. And all of the things I have to tell you about, though. First of all, the you can now buy Raising Good Humans. You can pre-order it. And we are going to be having a special pre-order event for people who pre-order. We're going to I have book bonuses up for pre-order. And you can all find that all on mindfulmamamentor.com right now. You can register for your book bonuses just on the tab book on mindfulmamamentor.com. So I'm so excited about that. That will take you to the Raising Good Humans. Uh, RaisingGoodHumansBook.com page. (laughs) So I'm so, so excited about that. So for those of you who have been like cheering me on and have been asking about the book, and so I'm finally excited to let you know that there's something happening. It's very exciting. And I'm also looking for the opportunity to share the book and do talks and book signings and things like that. So if you would like me to come to where you are, come to your parents' group, your mom's group, let me know. Um, Reach out to me at hunter at mindfulmamamentor.com and we can talk about making that happen. So cool and exciting. And then the other super exciting thing is that right now, this week, the Mindful Parenting free training is happening. And if you are listening right when this comes out, you can still join us and you can join us at mindfulparenting.com course.com slash free training. And it is super exciting because we have already been talking about why your kids don't listen to you. And um, if you're listening right when this comes out, you'll probably be able to catch the recording of that. And we are also on the day this comes out, we are going to be talking about um, the instincts, the parenting instincts, what we think of as instincts that lead us astray. And tomorrow we are going to be talking about the orange theory of parenting. Hmm, What is that, Hunter? I will let you know when you join the training. And then on Thursday, we're going to be talking about how to tame our tempers and create cooperative children. So I'm so excited. We have upgraded this whole free training and there's a whole bunch of new stuff. I have new slides and worksheets and all kinds of things to make it even better for you. So I hope you'll join us and it's happening right now. And when, as this free training wraps up, we are going to be opening, I'm opening the Mindful Parenting membership for the first time. And I'm so excited about this because it just feels so in alignment with everything I'm doing because I know that the more people get this, uh, the better it is. And 
The membership is really a way for it to for you to not only learn about how to how to deal with your your biological stress response so you can access all that good learning, but also what to say and exactly what to say to your kids to kind of create these amazing relationships over time. It has all of that, but also continued support and how to implement that. And we're going to be, I'm going to be getting on calls live every month. I'm going to be having some surprise evening calls for those of you who are working during the day. And it's very exciting. So all kinds of great stuff is happening with that. And this will be the only time ever that you can join at the founding members price. So it's only going to be open for a week. I hope you check it out. It's at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Ah, so exciting. So check everything out. I hope to connect with you real time live this week. And that's at mindfulparentingcourse.com. All right, now on to this awesome, awesome interview with Casey O'Rourke. Casey, thanks so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for you to be here too. We have been podcasting around in sort of the very similar parenting space. And so I'm so excited that we finally get to connect and talk to each other. And um, I've already introduced you. So we we know you've got the Joyful Courage podcast. Um, but this, I want to kind of dive in first to like, your parenting experience and like you had an education background. So kind of like similar to me, I thought like when, you know, when I thought, I thought, oh, I'm going to be having this baby. I've been meditating for two years. I'm going to, I'm just going to be great at this because I'm going to be so calm and it's going to be awesome. You had a similar thing going on with your education background when you got into parenting, right? I did. Oh yeah. I was very much like, I am so lucky that I have so much knowledge <laughs> about children. <laughs> this is going to be so easy. And uh, that was not the case. No. no. So when, <laughs> when, did it, when, did it, when did it hit you? When did you hit the wall? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think like one child, right? Having my first, I was also surrounded by some really cool moms that were a few years ahead of me who turned me on to attachment parenting and just really expanded my understanding of what was possible and how to be in relationship with babies. I grew up in Southern California and, you know, I did not see people breastfeeding. I did not see people baby wearing. Everybody went to the hospital to have their babies and all of those things are fine and a choice, but I was in this community where there were all these other options and they were, you know, like smart, educated decisions. And so I really went into the first couple of years of parenting, really appreciating attachment parenting, probably a little like hyper focused on it. But, you know, my daughter nursed on demand and I, she was in the sling all the time. She slept with us. That worked for both my husband and I. Yeah, so I cause was kind of the poster child for that. Did and you then uh, can I ask, did you so now my I also practice baby wearing and nursing all the time and things like that and actually slept with my daughter for a long time, but I have a beef with attachment parenting in that I feel like it's so especially some of the books by the Sears are so kind of heavy on the mom. Like it's all like oh, yeah. mom, 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 this. Whereas I really do think that kids create healthy 
great attachments with all their caregivers. And there totally. can be a lot of different caregivers that have this healthy attachment, but moms tend to feel like, oh my God, it has to be me and I have to do everything and I can never leave my child for like five hours to go out with my friends, God forbid, overnight to go see a relative. And that's my, and, and that really frustrates me. And also that, that idea that this, it kind of like leans towards a self-sacrificing mom thing. Like, yeah. like you should sleep with your child, even if you're not getting any sleep and it's driving you like crazy because you're not getting any sleep. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So- totally, totally. A hundred percent. I totally, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and it's interesting when I think back to those years because like, I didn't question it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, my husband um, at the time was a journeyman tree trimmer. So he was working long days and working really hard. And when he came home, man, he was all over that baby. But I was the ones, I was the one with the boobs, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and I was the one that had time in the day to nap. So I was the, you know, the nighttime parent as well. And um, I have a funny story about that in a little bit. But yeah, yes, yes. And looking back, would I do things differently? Yeah. I, I'm curious about resiliency and the opportunities for resiliency that I perhaps didn't allow my child because I was so attentive. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm not, you know, and I'm not talking about the total extreme of, you know, mm-hmm. let them cry for four hours so they teach themselves to go to sleep. I think there's a lot of space in the middle yeah. that um, I just was uneducated, unaware of. And, you know, And I was okay with all of it. Like I was rolling with it and it was, you know, quote, working for me, meaning like I didn't mind carrying my baby all the time. I didn't mind that I couldn't go out. I just brought my baby with me. Plus when I did go anywhere for any length of time, she lost. Can we swear on this podcast? We try not to. Okay. She lost her, you know what? (laughs) (laughs) Anytime I was gone. And so, um, and so that just became like, well, you know what, there's going to be time in the future where I'll get to get away. And right now I just get to be with her. And like in my mind in, in, during that period of time, it was okay. Um, and then I had my son and before I had my son, I had read about the mama bear tendency to push the older child away when you have a second child. And I remember reading that and being like, there's no way that that could happen. I just, couldn't in any reality, in any universe, imagine pushing my older child away. And then I had my second baby and I was like, so in love with him. And my second, and Rowan was uh, almost three. She was like a couple months shy of three when I had my son, Ian, and she became a giant. And like, if I'm being completely honest and transparent, she became a nuisance. (laughs) And all I wanted to do was take, you know, really like, take care of this brand new baby. And here she was and she needed me and she wanted to be near me. And my instinct, you know, I mean, it makes me emotional. I write about this in my book and talk about it a lot, but my, my instinct was to push her away. And, you know, not all the time, not like 24 Mm seven, but I have some really vivid memory of, um, you know, like you're nursing the baby to sleep because that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Another thing I would try to do better, <laughs> um, <laughs> nursing the baby to sleep. And here's my little, like almost three-year-old poking her head in. And then the silent eyes and the pointing finger, like, I'm, you can't see me because oh, yeah. you no, know I'm talking about like, like that, like pointing, like, no, 
don't come in here. Like, get out. <laughs> Sending you know, her like the evil eyes, like, oh. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember her like seeing me do that and slowly opening the door and walking over. And the whole time I'm giving her like the silent, like, no. And she just sat down next to the bed and she was silent. And it was, and that's when things got really hard for me is in the dynamic of going from one to two. And yeah, it was like, mm-hmm. oh, I I don't know how to do this. And I was being hurtful to my daughter. And as Ian got older and more sturdy, she was not always super nice to him. And then I would respond with, you know, you can't do that. Don't do that. You're going to hurt the baby. And then without seeing that we were in a cycle, which I, you know, when that was right around the time that I found positive discipline and went to a training and realized like, oh, we're in a cycle and I get to be the one, I can interrupt it. I can step out of it. I can change this. And that's when I started practicing the tools and strategies and ways of being that are positive discipline. And it really shifted the climate in our home dramatically. And it it started with me. So, Are you frustrated with parenting? Do you want to practice conscious, compassionate parenting, but you don't know how? It's not easy, and there's no roadmap for this. Until now. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, creator of the Mindful Parenting Course, and I know how frustrating it is because I've been there. I struggled as a young mom, and when I found myself yelling and triggered by my child, I knew there had to be a better way, and there is. Mindful parenting is different from other parenting trainings. They don't tell you that all of that good advice is as good as useless when our internal stress response is triggered. Mindful parenting teaches you research-based tools and practices to reduce your stress response so that you can respond rather than react. And it teaches you exactly what to say so that you can create willing cooperation from your child. You can learn more and enroll at mindfulparentingcourse.com and you can join us for a free live training coming up soon where you'll learn why your kids don't listen to you, how your brain undermines your parenting, and how to create cooperative kids without losing your temper. Sign up now at mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. I'll see you there. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains.
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Yeah. That's yeah. when it got hard. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's great because I love those I love those sharing those stories because when until we kind of share those stories are like we that judging mind comes in and says, you know, oh, I'm, you know, for the often for the listener, right? Like it's like I'm this because I had this like crappy moment with my kid and I did this thing and I'm a terrible person. We we tend to be so hard on ourselves and that that judgment and that criticism inside comes out and it really be, can, can be cacophonous and it can really kind of be a downward spiral. But as we start to just speak up and as we start to share our stories, then these challenges, instead of like pushing us into the cycle of, uh, you know, downward cycle of self-judgment and shaming, it really can say, oh, okay, then this is, I mean, very much so for you as this learning was this like, oh, this challenge is my teacher. This challenge is, is teaching me a whole lot. And it, it drove you to, to learn a whole lot. Yeah. Well, and by the way, I was teaching parenting. <laughs> As I was having these challenges and then that conversation of who do I think I am right now, you know, and, um, but you know, that was many years ago. My kids are now 16 and 13 and things are not perfect. And we all have our moments of flying off the handle and the, like I, instead of this conversation of who do I think I am that I work with parents, it becomes like, oh, I love that we had to navigate that because now when I'm on the phone or on a Zoom call with a parent and they're sharing about their challenges, I get to say, I see you, I get it, I know what that feels like, you know, and really come from a deeply authentic place. I think that, you know, we see it all the time, like, you know, the social, social media tells a very limited story, right? And I think that, like you said, it's so powerful to have someone say, I struggle too. And that's hard for me too. And especially when it's people like you and I who have a platform, because I think it's easy, you know, even as I hear my client, clients say, you know, just yesterday on a call, my client was like, oh my gosh, you just know the perfect thing to say and the, to do. And I say, listen, I'm really good when I'm talking about you, right? <laughs> it's a whole nother practice when I'm in conversation and in relationship with my one of my own kids. Oh, oh, so true. I just want to <laughs> call myself out here too, because yes, yes, it's so true. Like um, I, my kids are in a place where I, they're not like pushing quite so many buttons for me anymore. And, and what I think uh, that's wonderful about sort of the tools of 
at least the sort of non-authoritarian tools. I don't, I don't want to go into all the many names of whatever, but, you know, like is that the things do get to spiral into easier, right? They spiral yeah. easier and, or snowball easier rather than snowball harder. But like, yeah, I, I still yell at my kids some time. I'm, my kids, I mess up. I am in situations where I'm frustrated and I'm annoyed with them and I just want to like not be with them. All yeah. this stuff happens. Absolutely. Yes. 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 And, and it's so, it, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's what makes, you know, to, to be there and say, to maybe not be sort of naturally amazing at it and naturally the most perfect, amazing, nurturing earth mother <laughs> is actually like great. Cause there's like no one who's like, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And if you think they are, they're lying. Everyone <laughs> lying to you, <laughs> liars. <laughs> so, tell me about the nighttime parenting incident. Okay, well, I just remember when Ian was a baby, he was probably like six months old, and we had a Tempur-Pedic bed at the time. And my husband would sleep because he had to get up really early and he worked with like chainsaws, you know, all day wait, long. Wait, wait. So, so, what's a Tempur-Pedic bed like? I, I can well, recognize it's a like, bed. Does it like move up and down? No, or it's it like, like really, like numbers? I can move around. No, it's like you can move around and the person next to you doesn't feel anything. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. So, it's just kind of like crazy foam, I guess, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. super on steroids. And what that means is like sitting up to hold a baby and holding the posture without leaning against something is really hard. That's what I remember about it. And my husband would sleep with one um, earplug in because he, you know, he did have to sleep. Like he had a dangerous job and it was many hours a day that he worked and he had to sleep and Ian slept with us. And like I said, he was totally down for that. Anyway, Ian would not nurse laying down. And it wasn't all the time, but sometimes he would not nurse unless I was sitting up. And I remember I was so irritated. It was the middle, it was like the dark of night, you know, and silent, except for Ian. And I'm trying to get him to nurse and I'm sitting up and I can't really find good balance and I'm uncomfortable. And I look over and there's my husband and all I can see is the bright orange uh, earplug. Yeah. And I am, I mean, I don't remember exactly what I said to him, but it was not very lovely or nurturing or anything, but I spoke out loud to him something like, you don't even know what I'm doing right now. You know, I have my little pity party. And the next day I told him, I said, man, I had a rough night last night. And at one point I kind of yelled at you and you didn't know. And I said, I just was feeling a lot of compassion for moms that, you know, drive their car full of kids in the lakes. And Ian or Ben looked at me and he goes, babe, you got to wake me up. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. I'm not going to go over the edge here. I just, you know, but it was just so cute the way he was like, you know, please just wake me up. So that yeah, was the I night. have to protect my offspring. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about driving the car into the lake. I'm like, no, 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 no. All I'm saying is I get how that yeah. path can start to open up. You can see yeah. how that happens. I mean, I remember yeah. being so frustrated when my younger daughter was three, 
so frustrated with her not listening to whatever I wanted. And I think she was like coming out of her room when it was nap time and just feeling so frustrated. And I remember grabbing her shoulders and feeling, oh my God, my arm, my hands are really tense and strong right now because I am PO'd. And just feeling like, holy moly, this is how people hurt their children. Like, this is it. There it is in me. And just, you know, oh my, you know, just getting that, that feeling of like, yeah, okay, well, I, I can understand that that happens because it really does trigger in us. It's like just, it's our wiring, right? Like it's a threat, you know, ultimately we are coming from a good place. Like we want our children to sleep and so that they can be happy and healthy and everyone can be healthy. And we want, you know, we want them to cooperate with us, you know, because we want everyone to live happy and healthy lives. And so this thing that we are trying to make happen is coming from a good place but we still have these, you know, this is just the wiring, right? This is just that this, that nervous system wiring that when something really feels like a threat, even if it's our own tiny child, this is how the nervous system responds. And yeah. I think it's so valuable to just say, oh man, hello, <laughs> hello, hello, nervous system. So did you talk about in your book, you talk about kind of looking at your your own triggers and things like that. You've, you've done that work of kind of looking back at your own parenting, your own childhood. What was your upbringing like as far as like what was sort of the style of parenting that you were raised with? Well, I'm a child of divorce, so I had two households. And for the majority, up until I was in high school, um, I lived with my mom and my, and I would see my dad, you know, it was the eighties. So like every other weekend and two weeks during the summer, which is so crazy, but that's what it was. And my mom was, um, young when she had me. She, well, I guess normal 23. It feels so young. Anyway. These days, yeah, seems like- <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, and she had me and then my brother was two years younger than me. And she was, you know, both deeply, deeply loving and wonderful and caring and didn't really ever have many experiences to grow in her own self-awareness around self-regulation. So when she, you know, when she was triggered, it was big, you know, and it was, she really lost it. And I tended to be the one that got the brunt of it. And, you know, and so that it's that zero to a hundred, right. That can happen. Um, my dad, he was way more chill, but really, really leaned on consequences and punishment. Things like, I remember, (laughs) When we got into trouble, we had to sit in the bathroom. And it was so, because it was the most boring place that there was. And so we'd sit in the bathroom, which is so weird to say out loud. When I was in high school. And I bet you guys got into some mischief in that bathroom. Yeah. Well, there was typically, it was the guest bathroom. So there was nothing to play with. Oh, no. Um, and I can, it's so funny. And, and then when I got older in high school and did the things that teenagers do, I would be grounded. I would get grounded for like three months. It wasn't like, oh, you're grounded next weekend. It was like, well, you're going to be grounded for the next three months. But like similar to my mom where there was this like 
love, this deep love, even though the self-regulation wasn't always there. With my dad, it was these ridiculous punishments that really didn't teach me anything except for I have to get better at being sneaky. (sighs) Yeah. But it was always coupled with what we did do during those three months is I would go bowling with my family and we would go to the movies and we would do stuff together as a family. So the relationship was there, even as the style definitely leaned more towards authoritarian. So it was an interesting, and you know, I've come to a place, there was, you know, there's a lot, I I write a little bit about it in the book, but you know, it was, it was really hard, especially the time that I moved in with my dad from my mom's. That was a really challenging time for me and for my mom and, um, and was followed by a long period, like a 10 year period of us really not having much of a relationship at all. Um, and then coming back around in my mid twenties and as I had my daughter and really rebuilding, um, what our relationship is today, which is amazing. I have an amazing relationship with my mom. And, um, you know, there was a period of time where I was, I was angry, you know, that like, because I see the same tendency in myself, especially when the kids were younger and I was a little bit less self-aware, I could see my own gaps in self-regulation, right. With the kids. And, And I was like, and I could, connect the dots. Like this is, this is how I was treated by mom, probably the way she was treated by grandma. Who knows how far back this cycle has been. And it was like, why the hell didn't my mom decide to be different? Like I really held this, like, why wasn't she the one that said, I'm not going to treat my kids like that. And I got to this place and it was right around the time when I started um, learning about being a life coach and doing some more kind of transformational work where I realized I didn't, I didn't have to be in that question anymore. And that that question really didn't serve me. The question of why didn't she do the work just kept me in this place of resentment. And once I let go of that and forgave her and really recognized like it's because of, of my relationship with her that I am so passionate about my own personal and professional work it, I can see everything that we went through as a giant gift, right? Yeah. And, um, and exactly as it was meant to be. So as painful as a lot of it was for her and for I, you know, I just feel like where we are right now is, you know, a, it's all part of this bigger, longer continuum of being human. Yeah. Yeah. Like so. your, your healing, of these generational patterns. You you did that work for for all of you. You did that work yeah. for your children, but you also did that work for your mother and your grandparents and, yeah. and so on, right? Where that suffering was passed down the line because there's, you know, no one has learned another way. And so what a wonderful gift to give her. And I love that you saw the sort of fruitlessness of this question. Why? Why didn't she do this? Why didn't she do this? It's really interesting to see like how we we ask those questions, right? Like I think that as we're younger, you know, when we come into the sort of the place of parenting, we can we can get a whole such a different perspective, which I think is so valuable. But like I can see that in my daughter, you could probably see it in your kids too, this um, just very natural, innate tendency as we're developing our sense of a separate self and a unique individual person, you know, as they grow up, the sense of like a, a defensiveness that comes of like always blaming the other, right? And it's like 
interesting to be in this place of like, okay, well, I'm, I'm doing this work of trying to, um, to soften the edges of my separate sense of self and, and, and not listen to that voice of the ego for that dictate to, for every action. And my daughter's in this place of like developing that and blaming the others for all of the things. And it's so, in some ways, it's like incredibly frustrating to watch, but it's irritating. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And there's nothing we can do or say to have them skip that. No. You know? Them too. Yes. How old is your daughter? <laughs> 12. Okay, so my daughter is 16 and I just have to share this because we, you know, the year that I wrote the book last year when I was writing the book, I was living through the hardest I think parenting year that I've had. Um because my daughter was having a really hard time. And um in high school, freshman year, all the things showed up, all of them. And I was like, coming back to that conversation of, oh my gosh, who am I to be working with parents? Like, or, and, and then, and, and also clearly positive discipline doesn't work <laughs> because look at my teenager being a teenager. Um, anyway, I lived through that. Um, but really what I want to talk about is So yes, so much blame and so much individuation and so much I am not you, like the push away was so intense. And this year has been so cool as she's discovered things like she read The Celestine Prophecy. Oh, I loved that book. I know. It was like my first new agey book. And and she's like, my brother, I didn't tell her about it. My brother told her about it and she's getting into crystals. And like, she's, she asked me if I would order, she's like, will you order this book, um, Law of Attraction by Abraham Hicks? I was like, oh, sure. I'll get that book for you. You know, I was, and I'm dying on the inside. Like, yes, yes, yes. Because don't say anything else. I know. Don't don't get too excited. To me, like my (laughs) biggest dream for my kids is for them to come to a place of recognizing that they are in the design. They're the designers of their life, Hmm. you know? And that like, to me, above all else, if we can land in that place, just everything opens up. And so for her, like just thinking about the 12 year old versus where Rowan's at as a 16 year old and who knows, I mean, she's got a lot of life to live, I'm sure. Um, but right now it's very exciting to watch her explore, um, you know, positive affirmation and, and positive thinking and, you know, the law of attraction and what I'm putting out and what I'm receiving and all these things that I want to just dump into her she is exploring and interested in not because of me. Yeah, she because wouldn't have she, if it came from you. I know. Well, I remember saying like, hey, we should do we should do yoga together sometime. And she was like, oh, that's your thing. And I'm like, actually, <laughs> it's like three billion people on the planet thing. It is not my thing, but okay, you know, but it's just been such an interesting and fascinating. Yeah. crazy loop-de-loop whirlwind of an experience for sure. Yeah. And awesome. So, so when you're, you're, so when you're in that place of last year of questioning whether, you know, positive discipline, you know, works or not, um, 
are you are you willing to like share some of kind of what what was happening and and what now you can maybe see from retrospect about that time? Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, positive discipline as a program, it's a thing, right? Yeah. There's a big umbrella of positive parenting. Positive discipline is an actual like program. And it's based in the work of um, Alfred Adler. And his work is that behavior is motivated by the needs of belonging and significance which is different than a lot of us and even the way kind of society is set up, which is we manipulate behavior through consequences and rewards. Yeah. So, you know, here I am and I've raised these kids with, uh, from a different lens. And then we get to high school and um, things start to go sideways. And, um, and I'm, you know, and I think the first thing looking back is realizing that, the messiness of the teen years is not an indication of whether or not you're doing parenting right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Sorry. you should say, say that one more time. I think it's the messiness, so the messiness of the teen years is not an indication of whether or not you're getting parenting right. Yeah. And right, I'm putting air quotes. Um, and that's like huge. And, you know, I think we, especially those of us that have found our rhythm as far as the gentle, peaceful, nurturing, whatever you want to call it, parenting style, we kind of set ourselves up thinking like, you know, the teen years aren't going to be that bad or the teen years will just be so beautiful and we'll probably not have to deal with like pot smoking and vaping and sex and drugs and blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. You're reading that. You're reading that hopeful part of my mind. (laughs) Sorry about that, Hunter. Crossing my fingers. (laughs) And... When those things show up, however they show up, it's about the teen. It's not about your parenting. It's about all of the things that happen to the teen brain and, and individuation and all the things. So as in my experience, you know, as I'm like, oh, my God, because things were happening and I was like, we got to lock it down. You know, I'm, my instinct is I got to lock it down. I got to, but she was already saying things like, I don't want to live here. I don't want to be in this family. Like she was so clearly hurting. And I knew that there wasn't really, you know, in my way back in my mind, I knew, I mean, I always knew that relationship was the key to everything. And we were in this period of time where relationship, like she was really rejecting relationship. And so I knew that any kind of extreme, like I'm going to take her phone or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do this to her was only going to create more suffering in our relationship and wasn't even really going to get to whatever the hell was going on. Hmm. And so I just kept coming back for more relationship and and it was really hard and I was really scared and I questioned myself and, but we kept, I did have glimmers throughout the year, like, okay, we're okay. You know, even as she was angry and pushing me away, there was also some opening um, where she would let me in and she was still like <laughs> talking to me and telling me about the things she was doing. And then she'd like slam the door and I'm like, ah, you know, and, and we think we want this open, honest relationship with our kids where they tell us things. And let me tell you, that is not an easy space to hold. 
I bet. <laughs> I bet. Because especially because you, you have no way of responding. Like if it's there's the door right after. Right. Or, well, there's that. Or it's just like, I have to tell you something. Here it is. And I'm like, all I have is, well, tell me more about that. <laughs> That's my go-to because I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know how to hold this. Mm-hmm. Um, and also being really honest with her about that, just like, wow, I can tell that you're hurting and, and I want to, and I want to be available to you. And so tell me what you need. And a lot of times she didn't know what she needed. And so then it would just be like, okay, well, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And it was just a matter of having to witness, mm-hmm. you know, and not being able to fix it, which was mm-hmm. just like the worst. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and that, and then it, you know, we got to the end of the year um, of holding space and holding space. And, and then at the end of the year, she, I, you know, I think that because I didn't go like crazy, um, behaviorist, like consequences, consequences, because I kind of held space for her. It allowed her to feel her, um, the responsibility of what was happening in her life instead of like handing it to me and then just being mad at me for giving her consequences. Mm. She really got to hold it. And at the end of the year, she came home from school and said, I'm not going back. I'm going to do online school. And Mm. I said, "Uh, I don't even know what that means. (laughs) I was really like, what are you, what are you talking about? And she said, nope, this is what I'm going to do. Look into it. And all summer long, she was super adamant and confident in that choice. And I let her take the lead. And she's done online school this year. And next year will be a junior here in Washington State. And she'll get to go to the community college and do her last two years of high school at the community college in a whole different environment. And she's excited. And this year has been a total 180. And again, it's been relationship, 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 and me taking my fears, letting them exist, but putting them to the side and trusting and surrendering to. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt 
free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Yeah. Yeah. Not acting. Yeah. (laughs) Not acting from that place of fear. Oh my gosh. What an incredible, what an incredible learning. And I imagine, you know, you write in your book that you were a quote, complete control freak before you had kids. Oh, Um, I still kind of (laughs) am. So I imagine that this is, this is, this is part of, I mean, this is like, that's a lot of letting go of control there, right? To just not from dads, uh, you know, you're punished or you're grounded for X number of days or you're not Mm -hmm. getting your phone. I mean, I know, you know, in mindful parenting, we don't teach, you know, there's no punishment, you know, punishment, um, taught because I know how it's counterproductive, right? Yeah. At the same time, like when I'm stuck and I'm frustrated and I'm in my fight, flight, or freeze zone, threats are like my go-to tool, you know, like it just comes back so easily and it's, um, it can be frustrating. Um, yeah. Luckily for me, uh, I have a, a partner who's like, honey, remember, <laughs> remember what you teach. And I'm like, oh yes, yes. Arg. Like, yeah go take a walk. Yeah. Or sometimes I'll say to the kids, like, I'm desperate right now. You know, like I'm, I just call it, say it as it is. Like I, I, I have no tools. So give me your phone. I'm out of tools. So let's just take a break. And I, and I think that, you know, the whole phone conversation is a whole nother episode. Right. But, um, there's also, you know, privilege and responsibility, right? So Mm, privilege, privilege without responsibility is entitlement. Yeah. So, you know, that's, it's not so much, and I, I'm sure you're, you do a good job of this with your listeners as well. The idea isn't anything goes. The idea isn't like, I'm going to sit here and watch you, you know, ruin your life. It's not that it's like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to trust that, you know, that I'm here for you. And I'm going to trust that you are going to learn through the experiences of your life, you know? And I think that that is a huge leap of faith. And, um, and it's not instant gratification. Like I think taking things away and that threat, it feels like you've done something, right? Like you've yeah. handled it. But in the end, if you're doing that over and over and over again, clearly you're handling nothing Yeah, because the problem still exists. Yeah, we want to create cooperation from the inside out. We wanted to create intrinsic um, motivation to be able to right. do that and to, for our child to be able to experience the real world consequences of that, whether it's, um, you know, whatever that is, whether it's me, like my daughter saying something mean to me and me telling her, you know, like when you say that to me, I feel really sad. Like that yeah. hurts my feelings for her to, and to be authentic about it. Not, I'm not putting on a show or whatever. Like t- that is a real world consequence of, of saying a mean thing to someone you love. And that's mm-hmm. a really valuable lesson to learn in, in a safe space. But I love what you said that pr- privilege without responsibility is entitlement because yeah, I mean, you know, we've got to, you know, we get, we get to in these extremes in our culture where it's like, we're either authoritarian or we're like, you know, we can't set any boundaries. And yeah, like, you know, you know, we don't do the screen time until the 
the cats are fed and the the table yeah, is set. There's and guidelines. The, there's yeah. all these things are done, right? These responsibilities are done. And those responsibilities are are really really important. So w- with this idea of like you know knowing um, knowing that these responsibilities and cultivating them are really valuable. Um, and, and knowing that we have to kind of give our kids more and more responsibility yet holding that, like, you know, you say you wrote in the book, like control is an illusion. So talk to me about a little bit about the intersection between those two things. Like you were thinking about this idea of control is an illusion. Yeah. We need to get some stuff done. Yeah. You know, that's such a great question. And I think about it a lot because, Um, I've been working more and more with parents of teenagers and um, a lot of people that have come to me saying like my, my kid just won't help out. They won't help out around the house. And I think about my kids who are not like joyously, you know, doing a bunch of chores every day by any means. Yeah, no, that does not happen. No. (laughs) Um, But they like, what are routine or, you know, what are common languages in our houses? We all live together. We all help out. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like it. It's fine. I don't really like doing dishes either. And when it comes time to say to them, Hey, I need you to, because we've, so it's funny for years when they were younger, we created routines and we did family meetings every week and we still do family meetings, not every week, but and, and the kids, you know, we'd check in on how's the family, we'd call it family work. And, and they would say, oh, I don't like this and I don't like that. Okay, let's create something new for this week. What's it going to look like? And there was a lot of collaboration. And then, and I, we'd make signs. And now they're like, do not put up the sign. I'm like, okay, well, what's going to help you? And they keep saying like, just tell us. And you're like, I don't want to know. Yeah, and I'm like, no, I don't want to. And then recently, I've kind of let that go. And I'm like, okay, I'll tell you. And so, you know, last night it was, hey, I need you to come down and do this. And I need you to come down and do that. And they're like, all right. I think it's a balance. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's not that I'm it's never like, I'm going to force you to do this. That's never the energy that I bring to that. It's really like, we all live together and I need your help. And here's a menu of options. Yeah. There's you know, always I, a menu of options. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and we, and I put times like, like do this and it'll take you five minutes, do this 10 minutes. And I'll say something like pick 30 minutes worth of stuff to do. You pick what it is. And that's been um, really useful. But I think it's like, it's really, and when I talk about control being an illusion, like for me, it kind of goes back to what was going on with Rowan last year. And just the idea that I can't control whether, like, I can't control whether or not my kids are, end up addicted to nicotine. I can't control whether or not what kind of job my kids have. I can't control the GPA that they end up with at the end of college or if they even go to college. I can't control those things. What I can do is I can create an environment where I'm handing this energetic responsibility to them because I think that we hold that responsibility. Mm. And that's when it feels like we've got to like 
put down the hammer or, you know, make sure that they don't do X, Y, Z. And, you know, for example, like I had this, do you want to hear an example? Sure. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of rambling and, and talking around this really great story. Um, so, you know, anyone with a teenager, well, not anyone with a teenager, most people with teenagers are kind of already hearing about vaping, right? Vaping is a huge thing with teenagers. They've managed to take all the gross things away from smoking cigarettes and just left the one cool thing, which is blown smoke, right? According to the kids. And so it's everywhere. I mean, kids are doing it in the classroom, like into their backpacks. You can't even see. So it's, it's shown up in our house and a couple times and, um, and I am a former smoker. And so I'm like, you can't, you don't want this. You know, I'm like so hyper, like, don't start, don't start, don't start, don't start. And, um, and then when I find, when it comes in my path that it's happening, it's like this full body experience of like, oh my gosh, I have to stop this. And la and it just, there was a couple little periods that I got to navigate. And then last fall, it showed up again and I went in, you know, got it from my daughter, walked into my room full of all my feels. And I thought to myself, I thought back to all the things that my parents told me about smoking, (laughs) which was, it was disgusting. Only losers smoked. You can't get anywhere in life if you were a smoker, like all the, all the things. Right. And guess what? In college, I started smoking and it didn't matter what they said. And so I thought about that in my room. And I thought about the fact that at the end of the day, the only person that decides whether or not my daughter is addicted to nicotine is my daughter. And so I walked back into her room, way more calm. And I said to her, I said, you know, I have been holding this energy that it's my responsibility to keep you away from nicotine. And I realized that actually it's your responsibility. And I can promise you that your future self will not want to be addicted to nicotine, like a hundred percent. I promise you that. But ultimately you're the one that gets to decide. And I said, you know, I'm going to intervene and interfere and interrupt when it comes into my consciousness that this is happening. I'm not going to give you back this vape, but I'm also, but I'm also going to let go of this feeling of this energy that I'm responsible for that for that, you know, part of your, for that path. And so anyway, she was like, okay, you know, kind of rolled her eyes at me as 15 year olds do. And then, um, yeah. And then recently had a situation where she, um, said, I need to give you something. And she pulled out a bottle of, it's called vape juice. It's Mm -hmm. nicotine juice and another vape pen. And she said, I started using this this past weekend and it's all I can think about and I don't want to think about it. And so I need you to get rid of it for me. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is the, this is, this, this can be the result of that passing on of energetic responsibility. Like she chose for herself instead of me swooping in, interrupting. I didn't know she had that, obviously, or I would have swooped in and interrupted. But 
she yeah. got to be in the development of that internal guidance system, which I think is so powerful. And and whether or not, you know, it shows up again in the future, I don't have any control of, but I feel really good for her um, that she chose into that and uh, had that experience of, of, and I feel good that our relationship is one that she can say, hey, I need you to get rid of this for me. And I'm not like, oh my God, what do you, blah, how could yeah, you, yeah. you know, and like freaking out about it. Instead, I was so proud. I was so proud of her. And it seemed so mature and just responsible, even as, you know, at the core of it, it's like, how could you be so irresponsible? But in the end, yeah, it's just a wild. But that's beautiful. That's like such a perfect example. You know, I use the visual a lot of like the the two fists, right? The two fists reaching towards each other. And, you know, when there's a conflict and we have to be able to take one of those fists away and say that we are on, we're on the same side. Yeah. We're on the same team. I'm on your team really here. And really that's what you did here. It wasn't, it's kind of like more than letting go. I love that you talk about this. I, you know, it's, it's about giving that responsibility to her and how wonderfully fortunate you both were that she was able to make this mistake and ma- and ha- and have this maybe it's potentially crappy thing happen to her when she was in the safety of your home like it's we can't we shouldn't be preventing our kids from making all the mistakes and and making the road completely smooth for them no you know snowplow or whatever because they need to make those mistakes and she needed to have that tough time in high school and all that stuff where she was in a safe place to make a decision um, with your, with your influence. And because you didn't push her away, you were able to give her that influence because she wasn't pushing against you. She wasn't pushing away from like you, you saying no, 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 even more might've driven her more to it. Right. Underground. Yeah, totally. I know about going underground. That's what I did in high school. I didn't talk to my parents about what I was doing. Oh no. Oh no. Um, I love that. (laughs) Developing our kids' own internal guidance system. And I think that's really a guiding principle, right? Of like, kind of let's step back and see the big picture and create that relationship that's a safe place to, um, to be like a great person and experiment with other stuff and all that stuff. And and that's really what that unconditional love is. And I love that you were like, and I'm not going to be putting up with it in my house. I'm going to be taken right. away, right? But And it, you just explained it very clearly. You know, you were verbal about your own process, which I think we need to do more as parents is just say, this is what is going on for me. And this is what I'm thinking. And so this is why I'm taking this action. So yeah. um, I'm so glad you care- shared that story, Casey. That's really I, beautiful. No, I hope that's okay with Rowan that I shared it. I'm sure it is. <laughs> We'll find out. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's that's kind of going back to that comment of like the messiness isn't an indication of like whether or not you're doing a good job. I mean, it's like this isn't I I think it's so easy to take our kids' behavior personally. Yeah. Um, and you know, I still see I still I still experience that with my own parents, you know. So it's that interesting. They take your behavior personally. Well, that they take our behavior, like it's less about behavior, but maybe it's more about like lot in life or, 
Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, it's this, it's That's still it. this like, look at my amazing children and look mm-hmm. at all the things. And I want them to be proud of me, of course, but I also like, I'm separate. We are separate, you know, and, um, and it's, I don't think it's just tied to the early years or the teen years. I think it's this lifelong opportunity that we get to like get out of their lane, right. And, and allow for our kids to be who they are and just celebrate who they are. And even as they do really stupid things because they have a teenage brain, like even in that their celebration, yeah. you know, and my teacher, uh, Zen master Tiknahan, he says to like, um, there's this one teaching where he says to imagine both of you a uh, hundred years from now and then act from that place. Right. And it's Love like, it. Oh yeah, yeah. we're going to be in the ground. <laughs> so let's act from that place. It's beautiful. Um, Casey, I love, I'm, really enjoyed talking to you today. I could probably talk to you a lot longer. We probably me too. <laughs> long time. I'm picturing the two of us. Oh my gosh. Just having a big old conversation about it. Anyway, we can't. Um, so yeah, I'm let's wondering where can people find out more about what you're doing and listen to your podcast? Well, the best place to go is joyfulcourage.com. That's the name of my business, Joyful Courage. And from there you can I have a link to get to my book, which actually launches May 20th. It's in the pre-sale right now um, and launches May 20th. And then my podcast is the Joyful Courage podcast. You can find it on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or just directly from my website. Um, and I'm on Facebook. I have a business page on Facebook. I have a page, um, well, I guess you don't call it a page. I don't know. Anyway, I'm on Instagram too. And I have two groups in on Facebook. One is called Live and Love with Joyful Courage, where I play um, with the community. And it's a super just yummy, supportive, forwarding, solution-minded group of parents talking about all the things parenting. And then I realized that when you have teenagers, you don't necessarily want to hear from people who don't have teenagers yet. So I created another group specific for people with teenagers, and it's called Joyful Courage for Parents of Teens. Um, both groups are just really respectful and loving, and uh, I'm super proud of those groups. So you can ask to join either or both of those as well. That's where you can find me. Well, um, Casey, I really appreciate that you know, the work that you're doing. I appreciate you creating those safe spaces and creating the spaces for wonderful, authentic, great conversations and knowing that, you know, this, what you're living, what you're teaching and what you're putting out there is, is creating wonderful ripple effects. So, um, so thank you so much for the work and thank you so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. I could talk for another hour. (laughs) I love what Casey has to say about responsibility, giving our kids responsibility. And they need that in so many ways. They need that, you know, progressive independence, you know, more and more taking responsibility, doing it themselves, 
you know, even as they get older, you know, it's amazing how powerful that is. They're asking for it. You know, we got to teach them how to do that and look at ourselves as these mentors and teachers to how to be more responsible and to take that. Now, remember, if you are listening right when this comes out, this week is the Mindful Parenting free live training. It's a four-day live training and we have already talked about why your kids don't listen to you, but you can probably catch the recording of that. Um, we're going to be talking today when this comes out about how your instincts lead you astray. Tomorrow, the Orange Theory of Parenting. And Thursday, how to create cooperative kids without losing your temper. So this is all really awesome stuff. And I hope you will join us at mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. And it is all to build the excitement and to get everything going for launching the Mindful Parenting membership, which I'm so excited about. And this will this coming week will be the only time ever, ever, ever that you have a chance to join the membership in F with the founding members price and stay with that as long as you are in the membership. So I'm so excited for you to check this out. It is going to be so powerful. There's already hundreds of amazing parents in the membership. And I, I know it it's going to be, be supporting you and powerful at every stage of the parenting journey because the teachings are really universal. They help. They are so vital and important when my child was three and now when my oldest daughter now is 12 and it's I'm still practicing the communication skills and the mindfulness skills that are at the foundation of that they are still so powerful and I continue to practice them and I continue to help people it's the power of these trainings are really great and I'm so excited to be there to have created a way for me to be there with you to help you implement it over time which is you know, really where we need it. We need to ask those questions, right? So I hope you'll join us. It's only, you're only going to be able to get that founding members price just for one week. So don't wait, jump on it because this is it. Um, and that's all at mindfulparentingcourse.com. And, it, and it's for you, whether your kids are little or, and I've even taught grandparents and moms of teens have really gotten a lot out of it because they're really universal, you know, a blueprint for creating more connected, cooperative relationships with your children. So um, if you want to learn how to transform yourself and want to learn how to transform your, your responses to create that thriving family life you've wanted, this is it. This is the week. Don't, don't miss it. It's at mindfulparentingcourse.com. And as always, Feel free to hit me up with any questions and show me. I love seeing on Instagram. It's so cool seeing some awesome Instagram friends show, sending me screenshots of them. They're listening to the podcast. So cool. But be sure to, to, to check out the Mindful Parenting membership because it is a powerful, powerful community already. And we want you to be part of it too. And we need to start to put some time and energy into like what, you know, we say our families are most important, right? But how much time and energy do we put into helping ourselves like be that parent, right? It's so much more important than any of this stuff is this. And it's actually the founding members price is pretty amazing. Less than the monthly price is less than a cup of coffee a day. So 
Don't miss it. Go check it out now. And I'm wishing you a beautiful week, my friend. And I'm wishing you some peace and some joy. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.